How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Blind. I am your host, Chris Adams. If you're listening on iTunes, you make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave us a review, one through five. Hopefully, you feel it's a four or a five, but, uh, you know, just leave us a review, give us some feedback. It really helps me uh, kind of figure out what you guys are liking, what you're not liking. Um, follow us on social media under BTBN. Facebook, Instagram, all that fancy stuff. Post pictures of, uh, you know, who's coming up, the different episodes, giveaways, t-shirts, all that kind of good stuff that we're working on. Um, if you're not part of the uh, B- the BTBN podcast group, type that in on Facebook, join that sucker, give me some feedback. Um, it's the best way to communicate with me. So, uh, yeah, just go ahead and join that group. Um trying to think of anything else man is there any kind of information that i need to put out oh yeah the duck call giveaway we are giving away that duck call tomorrow today is thursday most of you will probably listen to this on friday probably going to do it on facebook um it's that crazy green hybrid call from uh swampwood products that i uh turn into a a uh, nice paperweight for you guys so we're gonna give that thing away on uh, tomorrow on Friday. I don't know what time. Depends on when I get home from work. Yeah. Anyway, I just got done from the gym, so I'm trying to do all this stuff real quick. So that's why I'm over here. It's hot. It's summertime. We're in the middle of July, on the downside of summertime. Freaking, my buddy just hit me up. Want to know if I want to go to Nodak next month like four weeks from now to go hunt some honkers i don't know that i'm gonna be doing that but i didn't even think about waterfowl season being this close with the heat it's just kind of nice that it's already almost over and we're gonna uh, hopefully be getting back to normal um today i got one of my buddies on he has been with btbn for a couple years now he uh helped do some of the live stream back in the day he ran some some dog videos, some different different stuff with that, um, training and uh, just working on some live dog videos with you guys. He is uh, really good friends with Mr. Meredith. So without further ado, Mr. James Statton. All right, James, how are you doing, brother? I'm good, man. How about you? Oh, not too bad. I'm happy that uh, tomorrow's Friday and about ready to wind up the week. Get some more uh, fun stuff in, man. What about you? Um, yeah, same myself. I'm, it's been a heat wave seems to set in. Summer's here, full bore, and every day closer to a weekend, get a little relaxation from it's nice. And we get one day closer to fall, hopefully getting here eventually. So I'm telling you, man, my buddy, I was just mentioning it in the intro. You didn't obviously hear it, but uh, my buddy just texted me the other day. Well, he texted our little group message, and he's like, who wants to go to Nodak? you know, in like three weeks from now and go hunt early honkers. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't even think about it. You know, it's like, holy crap, dude, August is like three weeks away. Yeah, yeah, there's, I know there's a few guys in our area, you know, starting to kind of think about early geese and that sort of thing. And and to be honest, when it's 104 outside, it's, it's hard for me to think about doing anything hunting-wise. So I'm telling you, man, like teal hunting is one of my favorite forms of hunting, and uh, but it is always so miserable being out there when it's 80 freaking degrees outside by 9 o'clock. I, I, I 
agree. I mean, we used to. We 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 got up to the till pretty hard here locally, but. And usually, you know, with seal season, you get that first break. You know, you kind of, kind of feel that first little snap. You know, and, and it gets you a little excited. But then, for the most part, seal season, you're swatting mosquitoes more than you are teal, and that's it's pretty miserable. <laughs> yeah, man, that's kind of uh, how it is here in you know Southwest Missouri. It's uh, you have to go almost every day because they're so finicky. You know, I've seen teal push through on south wind here today wind. gone tomorrow yeah exactly so you have to be there the good thing about them you know within you know 15 minutes of shooting time if they're going to be there or not it's like well, absolutely it's, it's not happening today you know absolutely <laughs> well what have you been doing man to keep yourself busy over the summer uh lots of uh job lots of work <laughs> keeping me covered up that and and i guess with like the rest of the country you know going through the things we have been you know kids have been at home longer than normal so been trying to keep to keep my two girls entertained and going and and in between time if i'm not working and such trying to get out and do a few things with dogs and and just trying to stay busy and and occupied you know yeah dude it it's weird i never thought that i would be a uh a homeschool teacher you know (laughs) (laughs) my kids are uh luckily i have two that are getting ready to go into second grade and one that's getting ready to go into first grade and uh, i told a girlfriend thank god they're not you know like juniors and seniors and asking me about calculus and chemistry (laughs) questions i was like you're gonna have to find yourself a smarter parent to help you with that Thankfully, I can default. My wife's a teacher, but she's a, she's a first grade teacher. But ours are still young, so I can kind of default to well, ask mom how that works. Out. <laughs> <laughs> That's too freaking funny, man. So did they uh, did they get done with or like the last time my kids went to school was uh, right before spring break, and then they never went back. Is that how it was yeah, down there? That's how it was here. In fact, I think. Of course, goodness, it's been a whirlwind us going through all that, but I think they actually got out just short of spring break, and then they just didn't go back. And then, of course, now, as everybody knows, I'm sure it's not just for us here in Arkansas, but it's for you guys in Missouri and, and everywhere else. Now we're all wondering, you know, what are they going to get into when they go back this year? You know, and, of course, that's all up in the air. It changes daily. So, Well, it's crazy, man. My girl is actually works for uh, my kid's school, and she's been getting emails you know all summer long about it and they just announced you know what we had found out last week that they're going to be wearing face masks and they were mm-hmm. talking about potentially doing uh every other day school and having like mm-hmm. the classes split in two and it kind of having like an a and b school and like just weird weird stuff and i was like there's yeah. no way man how are people supposed to go to work if their kids are off every other day from school yeah it's 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 wild i mean of course like i said my wife being a teacher i hear a lot of things that we don't talk about yet because nothing's confirmed you know because like we said you know things change every day but just some of the proposals and such it's it's crazy and and i'm my normal job i'm i'm in construction i do electrical work and it's kind of funny like i tell my wife and all my buddies come to a job site and we've been business as usual from the very first of the year you don't even really know there's a a issue or a pandemic you know i mean you just we don't see it in the construction world i guess we've been somewhat sheltered by it but 
you know, and just the more I get around you, of course, it seems to be the topic for everybody. And it, it's like a friend of mine said the other day, I'm just ready to stand in some cold water and not worry about a coronavirus or uh, anything else and just hunt for a while. <laughs> <laughs> right, man. It, uh, it's, it's been so weird. And that's kind of how my job, man, we had like a little tiny setback where it slowed down for like a couple weeks and uh then it was kind of just back to normal man i uh i think i've lost like maybe average two to three hours a week worth of work but nothing drastic been super super fortunate in that aspect but uh man i don't know if this is the uh the new normal or not i'm not a not a fan of this whole in springfield they just issued the mask ordinance today Mm-hmm. where it's uh, mandated and a fine and stuff like that and uh, yeah I, you gotta do what you gotta do brother but uh, yeah, yeah it's real today, our, today our governor of Arkansas issued a statewide mask ordinance or mandate or however you want to put it so yeah it's 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 getting more interesting so yeah I, uh, I go there about every other day for work so it's good to know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, as of Monday, you are required to have them on if you are out in the public whatsoever. Nice. Yeah, I yeah. had to uh, come home yesterday. It was the first day that I wore them at work, you know, all the time, and I had to trim the freaking beard down to stubble because I could not <laughs> take it anymore. Right. So you said you've been doing some uh, a little bit of dog work here and there. What's uh, what have you been doing? Well, we've uh. It's been with all the you know, stuff like we've been talking about it, it. It got into everybody's world, you know, and you know things like you know our original plan come out of duck season for us, for myself and and a lot of the guys that I kind of train with and work with. Coming out of duck season, our first thoughts are, well, let's get back into the hunt test game, you know, and keep the dogs going, and more importantly for for me this year was we're fixing to make our first run at the spring spring grand. And that got canceled. Spring Grand, like a lot of things and other events, got canceled due to COVID. So we kind of had to drop back and just, we keep training as though it's not not canceled, but tests were just done away with. So we just, you know, you just keep training, keep working. And now in the last couple, two or three months, there's been a few tests that have opened up, you know, a few clubs have figured out ways to make it work where they can still conduct a hunt test. Both UKC and AKC both have done that. And we've been, we've been fortunate because the lack of test they fill up even faster because, I mean, you got guys across the country that, you know, a lot of guys that are pros, this is their living, this is their livelihood, you know, they they train dogs for clients, and in return, those clients, you know, they want to hunt with those dogs, but at the same time, they want to play the games. They want to go, you know, run tests, they want to run finish tests, run master tests. So when one comes open, man, it fills up, and... I mean, a 60, 70 dog flight will fill up in a matter of five minutes That's online. That's I mean, it's, it's crazy, crazy. you know, and so when you get one, we've been blessed, we've been fortunate, we've been able to get into a few, and we've had, a, we've for myself personally, my dog, Scout, now we've had a good spring, and a good, well, a few we've gotten to get into, and in fact, I think he leaves, he will be headed with a, with a crew, Next week on Thursday, they're headed to Wisconsin. 
to run a AKC Masters test for the weekend. So we're right now scouts main our main goal for him since we didn't get to run Spring Grand. We're pushing to get his AKC Master title. He's got his finished title in UKC. He's a but now we're, go back. We're, go back one go second, ahead. brother. You cut out for uh, he's got the um, the, the started and what no, you he's got his, he, Okay, uh, scout right now. He's he's HRC title in UKC. He's hunt retriever champion title. But due to the fact that Spring Grand was canceled and such, we been really focused and pushing to get his master title in AKC which is their their quote finish level title and hopefully the fall grand for UKC is supposed to be in October and all the guys and gals in the dog world we're crossing our fingers and toes hoping that it stays on schedule so we can go run the grand in the fall so that's that's kind of been our work and mission right now is just keep training keep grinding and keep them keep them going towards it so so with you said the uh i'm sorry you said the grand was canceled earlier right but you're hoping yes okay in the spring gotcha in the spring so it was a grand in the yeah. spring and a grand in the fall yes they hold there's two grands per year one in the spring one in the fall and the one in the spring was gonna be back in march and for, for me and a lot of other its location this last spring was going to be down in Mississippi, which is, it's a fairly short drive for me, which was really convenient because the Grand is a, if you're if you're fortunate enough for your dog to get to stay and play for all, all four, four or five series, it's a long deal because it's, it's, to get a grand pass, you've got to get through all five series, which is a series per day. So that's five days of tests. So for it to be that close to home is a big, big deal for for me. But you know, because most of the time it's way off somewhere. It's not as convenient, you know. And yeah, and you have to work hotels and stuff like that. Right, you got hotels, and and most guys they they won't just go, you know, day or two before the grand. They'll show up a week prior to and they'll what they call pre-grand train they'll train for a week solid before the actual grand and get started you know and and for a old working element for our week guy working that's that's pretty difficult to take two full weeks off you know so it for had been in mississippi that's that that makes it pretty convenient yeah so you guys will actually show up at the location be able to train for a week if you can afford yeah. you know if you're close or you can afford it like running on right. that course well you're not allowed to actually run on the grounds that the test is going to be held on a lot of times what happens is uh, groups of guys and most time it's groups of pros that they know each other well you know they've been in this game with each other for years and then they develop friendships and, and you know that sort of thing and they all get together and one of them may know a guy that's in that area that they can get on some property and they train for a week, you know, and, and usually the property's pretty close to where the grounds are going to be for the actual test. But, you know, and the environment of that, when you get four or five pros together that have got probably, you know, 10, 12, you know, 14 dogs, probably max on their truck, but you've got five or six guys that way going to be around the grand. Those dogs on those 
trailers and those trucks for a week it's like being at a test for them so it's 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 a lot it's a really good week of prep and training and tightening the dogs up and getting them ready for which is the super bowl of retriever work to me right well that's cool man that's that's really nice that you are that close so you can you know at least be in the area and be around all the other guys on work how did you get into this dog training thing man like the you know i know a lot of guys that have hunting dogs and they just do you know some of the the bare minimum but that that um akc stuff you know is crazy right yeah it's for me you know when i started hunting you know years ago as a kid we didn't have a dog you know it's me and a bunch of high school buddies you know we like everybody else we picked our own ducks up you know within you know, you get to where guys get older, and you know, and eventually one of the guys, his dog, his dad had a dog, and it wasn't, you know, it was a, it was a lab, but it wasn't, you know, special or, or nothing out of the ordinary. But he picked up ducks, you know, and then a good friend of mine, he gets the dog, you know, and one thing turns into another. I kind of caught the bug of watching a dog pick birds up. It was just. It was fascinating to me as a, you know, it's cool to watch. I mean, heck, you know, we did all the work, we shoot the birds, and then you didn't lose ducks. When they fell and fixed stuff, you know, that dog could find them. And it was just fun. It was something else to do duck hunting wise when it closed. You know, and my first dogs and stuff, they were just, like you said, just hunting dogs. I mean, we trained them to pick ducks up, basic stuff, you know, how to. You know how to do basic marks, and man, Lord help my my first one that I really did stuff with. Ace, goodness gracious, that poor guy, he could run a blind, but bless his heart, it was only by his pure understanding because I was a young, dumb individual. I didn't have a clue what I was doing with one. <laughs> and, and thankfully for me, he was as bullheaded as he was willpower. And, and he just ignored my ignorance and we worked together <laughs> but you know but it's it's that's where it kind of got started is just watching i enjoy watching them work and, and working with them it's it's fun I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of it to now i mean all as far as hunting goes with them man that's that's 90 percent of it for me now is watching the dogs work i mean it's it's fun i don't get me wrong i love getting into a big bunch of birds and shooting ducks and hanging out with buddies but doing it without a dog it just kind of is it's missing a little something for me on a hunt it's just it's just that little ingredient for me that really makes things finished out for me man i can uh i can uh, i can understand it because number one i love hunting with buddies that have dogs you know (laughs) it's always fun especially when you you know you have like a cripple or something on the water that he's only in that diving mode or something like that and you watch that dog get out there and you know the the bird get three feet away from him and then go under and that dog start looking around you know the chase is on that is like one of my one of my favorite things to see and it's just entertaining it's just part of the hunt and uh, as a call maker like i don't i don't even care about pulling the trigger anymore i just like working Mm -hmm. birds and watching birds work so i can totally get how being, you know, somebody that has a dog and has put that time and effort into, you know, training and working with them, how you can enjoy watching the dog, you know, doing the dog work more than the actual sure. pulling the trigger. Like, that makes total sense to me. 
Yeah, and you know, it's, and it's even more so when you when it's your own that you've kind of trained with, you know, or if you've got a buddy in your group that you've kind of helped him with his dog, and especially if it's a young puppy like my the one I have now, Scout. He's three. He'll be four this coming winter. He's kind of getting into his season pro, you know season pro kind of getting his stride you know he's he's kind of seen the game he, know, he knows what's going on but that, that first season you know i mean he's puppy and everything is new but that morning whenever you knock that bird down dead and he's he actually saw it come in he's and he sees the bird fall and there's no doubt he sees it you kick him off the stand or out of the blind or whatever and that bird go pick goes he goes and picks the bird up comes back you i mean for most guys it's cool yeah hey that was fun watching your dog pick it up but you know man them 95 degree days in june and july when we were out there working now you're understanding it buddy you know now it's we're it's, it's getting our use out of it you know we're, we're getting our money's worth now bud well it's like you know trying to teach your kid how to ride a bike and when they finally get it you're like okay all these times are yeah. falling down you know me running behind right. you makes sense right right yeah. you know and and for one thing i mean goodness you're talking about cripples and chasing man my scout makes chasing those cripples look a lot easier than me out there trying to shovel through mud and chase a cripple down <laughs> <laughs> right yeah he'd come back freaking breathing heavy from stomping in the mud oh if you've walked a rice field chasing down a crippled speck or a duck you know what i mean a, a, a dog makes it look like it's a cakewalk you go do that for a little, two or three in a row and you'll be I'll, i'd pay anything to have a dog <laughs> <laughs> yeah man especially like um you know like snow goose hunting and stuff you shoot yeah. one and those things can sail for freaking 500 yards like it's crazy <clears throat> and you know 500 yard you know retrieve is a is an awful lot to ask for a dog it's where you jump on the four-wheeler but i've had plenty of times where they I can do it a long ways you know they can do it oh yeah so you were talking about starting a dog you know with that that first season as them being a puppy you know i i am completely green to the dog training world you know i've done plenty of hunting over a dog and with a dog but some of the dog training stuff like when do you think is the the do you hunt them that first season if they're say they were you know whelped in december and you got 11 months or 10 months till the next season would you hunt them that next season a lot of that for me it's not so much an age thing as it is are they going to be ready? You know, I mean, there's for me to take a dog on its first hunt. It kind of, there's kind of like a checklist for me personally of what they need to understand. Like rule one is if you're not steady, if you can't sit still and not break on the shot, you know, sit, wait to be sent. For one, they're never going to see a single bird fall if they're not steady, if they're not sitting. You know, I mean. And for two, it's not a safe. It's it's not safe. They're not safe. You know, they could get shot. Worst case scenario, or you know, tear up a hunt. You know, and, and I mean, and everybody, your buddies, they you know, they may enjoy hunting with you and your dog, but they're not going to enjoy hunting with you and your dog if your puppy, you know, walking laps up and down through the blinds or or you know, in the brush or. And, you know, is constantly turning circles around a tree or something. You know, if he's if he's causing a ruckus, then they're not going to enjoy that. 
you know, so for me, a dog's got to be steady and it's got to understand basic marks. Like, and it doesn't have, by that, I don't mean, we don't have to understand how to pick up three, four at a time. If they can understand a simple, basic mark, you know, and not even big, big distance. I mean, because like most time you're hunting, you know, 20, most guys, yards. yeah, yeah, 50 yards if, you know, if a duck sails out a little bit, yeah. you know, but, but can they mark good? Are they steady? Have you shot over them? Goodness gracious, don't take a puppy on the first morning of duck season, you and five or six of you guys in the public woods of Arkansas, and, you know, and that poor puppy's never been on a hunt before, and at opening morning shooting light, it's World War Three around that dog, you know. That's just, it's not fair. You know, it's not fair to the dog. Well, what's, you know, your, what's your concept on introducing them to gunfire? How would you, like... I've always heard of like starter guns and stuff like that. I think sure. I've heard the old school way of doing it, you know, is obviously over their food while they're eating. Shoot. Uh-huh. And I've always thought that that was like, you know, if I was sitting at the dinner table and the first time I ever heard a gunshot was <laughs> when I was sitting down to eat, I was going to hit the deck. Like, I always thought that was the worst idea. But when they were actually out in the field working on their trees, if you had a starter pistol, you know, away sure. from there, that makes more sense to me. What's your, your theory on it? Uh, for me, for with puppies, I don't like to shoot on them when they're when they're eating. I'm like you. If I'm sitting at the dinner table with my family, and somebody shoots a gun, it's, it, I'm probably not going to be real cool about it. So, <laughs> right? Me, you know, it's, I'm going to get a react. You're going to get a reaction out of me too. But I will make noise over puppies when they eat. You know, Drop like I may bowl type stuff. Uh, yeah, I may bang a pan, you know, around them or something. But I'm not going to fire. A, a shotgun over their head when they're eating as a puppy yeah, you know i i introduce gunfire to them with primers poppers you know it's just it's nothing more than a shotgun primer in a hole and a shotgun shell we use them in hunt tests all the time we call them poppers and for a young dog that you're you've got work and you've been throwing simple hand throw marks for them you know you can get out there with your pup and start throwing them and have your buddy 40, 50, 60 yards off and let him pull the trigger on a popper each time you throw one. Dog's not even going to hear it at first. It's just just that little bit of a sound is that as you threw that bumper. And then just ease your way in closer with that gun and watch the dog. You know, eventually you're going to get to a point, some of them, where you're going to kind of see them kind of, oh, what was that? You know, they're going to kind of have a reaction. And then some of them don't even pay a a bit of attention you know but that's how i do it is you just kind of ease into it that way and they're doing something fun they like to do you know they're getting to pick up a bumper they're having a big time it's just all of a sudden there's a new sound and they don't you know they don't have a fear reaction out of it so eventually you're standing right there with them shooting a popper and once that you've shot poppers for a while i'll introduce you know, maybe two, three weeks out from duck season or, or whatever, I may shoot light bird loads kind of away from a little bit mm-hmm. because they are because they are louder. You know, they, they've got more of a, a report to them. But do that, and most of the time, man, they're just not going to have an issue with it if you slowly kind of ease them in that way. You know, and with gunfire, you know, a lot of guys, you know, if you get that puppy in December... Like you said, it's well to December. You bring it home, man. July Fourth weekend. Oh yeah. Get them inside. You know, it's he. One of the guys I know. He's he's a legendary pro, Chris Aiken. I mean, most guys have heard Chris Aiken's name. He's he preaches. Bring your dog inside. These young dogs. Bring them inside. 
in the house, in the kennel, turn the TV on, you know, those big fireworks over that young dog, man, you can do a lot of damage of fear in one night that you that, that you may take care of or you may not ever repair it. You know, it's just that's just not a good way for them to hear big booms for the first time in their life. Well, yeah, especially yeah. if they're out there in the in the yard, you know, or they're back. yeah. Say you're gone. Say you're at the fireworks show at the lake or something. They're out in the backyard, or something crazy yeah. for the first time. They're wondering what the heck's going on, and nobody's there. We actually we have a um, I don't know, probably four month old chocolate lab now, and she's not going to be a hunting <clears throat> dog. She's going to be a uh, a therapy dog. Sure. Or uh, my girlfriend's working on her master's in counseling. And she, it's, she's, you know, the family dog, but she's also a therapy dog. And uh, we brought her to the lake with us. And, in, you know, we put her inside the freaking cabin, and, you know, had her in her kennel and had the TV on and all that type of stuff while there was fireworks out at the lake. Right. And we ended up being far enough away that it wasn't noisy whatsoever. But that was one of the things. If they didn't allow us to have her down there at the cabin, we wouldn't have went. Because right. we don't want her to be here by herself, freaking out. Yeah, and they will. I mean, because it's, it's scary to them. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, my my girls here. It's not a lab puppy, but they've got a new little house pet puppy, and she's a little bitty, tiny little thing, and she's a baby. And we brought I, the girls, you know, wanting to pet and pay on the puppy when we're outside watching fireworks, and I mean, they got upset. But I was like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> I mean, because obviously, little dogs never going to hunt a day in its life, but still. Yeah, you still don't want it to freak out every year. Well, and I don't want the next time a big thunderstorm rolls through <laughs> that the dog's scared to death because, I mean, they associate. Oh, yeah. You know, and your lab puppy that you intend to shoot and hunt over for the next 10 years of its life can have the same effect, you know? And, and that's the thing I try to tell guys in everything, especially with their young dogs. Man, it's not so much about what you do today. It's what we're looking for in 10 years from now. You know, this you're you're planning to hunt with this guy or this gal for ten years. You know, don't don't mess up one day that can affect you that far down the road. You know, and, and basic stuff like intro to gunfire and big noises is a big deal for a young dog. I think a lot of guys just expect too much out of a young dog too soon too, <laughs> man. I can't tell you how many times I've been on hunts with guys that have had dogs they just got back from the trainer for four or five months and they spend half the hunt yelling here at them and you know <laughs> lighting them up freaking 30 times in a hunt and stuff like that i'm like dude you are ruining that dog <laughs> uh, uh, yeah and i i can't say that i wasn't once in that position <laughs> as a young guy you know i just i just didn't know you know and and you learn like a lot of things you learn as you get older and you you for once, you get you get a little more patient as you get older, and more experience with them. But yeah, I mean, a lot of times, expectations for that first year puppy, you know, some guys they 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 have the bar way too high, you know. Now, now you may get an absolute crackerjack of a young dog that's, and if you send your dog to a pro. I mean, that young dog that you send, it may be, I mean, just a short enough hitter. A really good dog and killing it in training. You know, I mean, the, you're, you're, the pros telling you how it's doing great and all that, and that's awesome. But what, believe it or not, because I mean, I my dog scout right now is with a really good friend of mine that's a pro, and there is a difference in 
when David works with Scout, and then when I show up, you can tell the difference. It's just like your kids, you know? It's like, hey, mom and dad's here. Well, when I show up, Scout's like, dad's here. I know I need to do what I got to do, but that's dad. We, we got a, we got a, a connection, you know? With David, it's like, okay, I understand you, you your boss. You know what I mean? Right. And, and when, they, when those guys that send those young dogs to the pros, Cracker Jack Dog, oh, he's doing great, he's doing great. The Just the demeanor of the owner versus the guy that's training and working with them every day, the dogs pick up on that difference, you know? And you may not have the biggest difference in that amateur guy versus that dog's doing with that pro is just it's timing, you know? The, the, pros, the pros can almost predict when the dog's going to do certain things. It's real. I mean, it's 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 awesome to watch them. They can see it before it happens, almost. You know, where that guy that's the owner had that dog for seven, eight months, you know, a young dog, and they bring him home for duck season. And that first morning, the dog breaks on the first duck that falls, or or like you said, he's he's going crazy and won't come back. And without without fail, the first phone call that guy makes is to the pro. Man, you won't believe this dog. I thought he was this and this and this. You know, and they're just like, hey, look. You've got to keep the level of standard like I was doing with you and him at the same time. You know what I mean? And that just goes back to guys. They're, they have this expectation sometimes of those young dogs. It's just it's not, it's not attainable for a young puppy yet. There's a lot of things to put together for a dog to start hunting. You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot to learn for a dog. You know, that, that learning curve for that first morning hunt is huge. You know, it's it's a lot to take in, you know? If you had your most important thing, would it be to be steady? And Yes, absolutely. I, I absolutely. think you can do a lot more with a dog. You know, he might not be able to do the, the double retrieves, you know, the you know, all the different crazy things, but if he's steady, you know, you can you can do a lot more and, and do a lot of you know yep. you're not gonna have yes. any negative interaction versus Right. You if know, if you're steady we can play ball. If 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 you're not steady, if I can't get you to sit and be still, you're going back to the truck. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it, we we can't we can't do things. I mean, and not just in training, but I mean, for sure enough, we get we get ready to hunt, and they can't sit still, or like I said, they're circling the tree over there, or or you know pacing up and down. They're never going to be able to pay attention. They're never going to be able to see what's going on. You're constantly going to be worried about, well, sit, 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 you know, worried about the dog. And it's just, it, it just, it makes things even more difficult. So for me, yeah, man, steady. Not rule number one, you got to be steady before you're ever going to hunt. Yeah, because you're, uh, the first time your buddy's gun gets knocked over, cough right. knocked over, you know, that dog's not going to be invited anymore. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, and, you know, like you said earlier, you got buddies that, you know, you love hunting with guys that have dogs. Well, that's usually because the dogs that are doing what they should do. The guy that's got the dog that won't be still and is causing the ruckus, man, a lot of times that guy gets cut out of the invite group. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Can I come hunting with you, buddy? Well, yeah, as long as you leave that damn dog at home. <laughs> yeah, as long as you leave Fido at the house, you can come, but you can't bring him. <laughs> yeah, no. the hunt with all of our buddies is not the time to do your training, buddy. <laughs> no, it's not, it's, and it's not. But, 
on that same thing you're talking about that if you got a dog that you're taking on its first hunt my personal my personal opinion and it's and it's i've learned this through experience and that's dogs for like scouts first year he hunted which was you know like i said he's three so count back a couple two or three seasons ago we all know how horrible the duck season was those <laughs> those years right. i mean finding a duck was like finding a unicorn to start with you know so hunting was pretty scarce and horrible but i personally did not carry a gun the entire season I just, I just didn't bring one. My main concern and my only worry was, was he going to be steady and not allow him to break, never allow him to break on a single bird, and work with him and him only. I didn't care if I shot a duck that season because I wanted to make sure he was going to do what he needed to do and be successful because, like I said earlier, we're looking for 10 years down the road. You know, I want him to set him up for success early. You know, and several times, you know, my buddies were like, man, aren't you going to shoot? Nope, didn't even bring a gun. I'll be happy to watch y'all shoot, and I'm working him. That's all I care about. Right. You're, you're still in, he's so young. You're in that training right. mode, and you want to have your attention 100%, you know, committed to him. Right. I mean, because the last thing you want is you've been working hard, you've been training, you've been pushing all that spring and summer and fall, and you pick up on that first volley and you go to shooting and you look down and where's my dog? Because he's broke off his dog stand or something and he's out in the middle of the decoys like a punt returner ready to catch the first one that falls dead. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, you just in that quick moment set up a precedence of what he he he's going to expect to be able to do that quickly. So it's just better to just not allow that to happen and focus solely on him. For me, yeah, it makes sense, man. Are so you're a, a hunt test guy as well yeah. as a hunter. If you're hunting a pond and your freaking dog makes a retrieve and runs the pond bank back, is that a no-no? <laughs> oh me me and uh mr meredith michael meredith mr me he and i had this same discussion a few times about dogs running the bank because <laughs> he and i've had that debate you know the hunting guys the guys that duck hunt their whole thing is man i don't care if he does you know he runs that bank comes back he gets back here quicker we pick up more ducks and you know and, and i get that you know and i was of that same school and admittedly even though i i am a hunt test guy and, and you know that's one of my main goals is running tests i don't want a lot of bad habits to be bit quote bad habits to be built up in scout but during duck season we do get lax now if he cheats me if he just blatantly cheats me say we're hunting a, a cow pond for resident geese and he gets out and runs the full bank i'm probably gonna get on him in a little bit and make him get back in that water just because he's three he's been de-cheated enough he knows we don't cut the bank like that i mean he knows <laughs> you know what i mean right. i mean i may let him get downwind on a blind retrieve during season and, and not handle him real good and, and and there's a lot of times even during hunting season we would never do it in training but 
a bird that we knew he didn't see fall blind i may just kind of i won't even get out of my blind i'll just pull him over to my left side and tell him good and if he looks halfway straight towards where i think it's at just tell him back and let him go get it you know now we would never do that in training at a test or at a test but in hunting heck with it buddy run hunt the wind let's roll pick your bird up get back you know but the cheating the bank thing you know, with Scout, I'm a, I'm not gonna let him just blatantly cheat the bank on me. You know, just just because he knows better. You know, but I mean, it's it's a personal thing for each guy. If you want to let your dog do it and it doesn't bother you, hey man, get after it. You know, but then I've got a few guys that I know that train that run tests that absolutely not. They will never allow that. You know, but. To me, the, the, the dog kind of get into the hunt test game. They know, they kind of figure out when it's a test and when it's hunting, you know? And just like hunting's kind of a relaxation and enjoyment for us, I think it is for the dogs too, you know what I mean? And I don't want to make everything so stringently ruled like we're at a test and we're being judged on that line that he can't just enjoy what he does, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, because they love it. I mean, the dogs love it as much as you do. Yeah, you the know, retrieve so I, is the reward, you know. Right. So I'm not going to just get in get in him, you know, if he runs down the edge of the bank. Now, like I said, if he just decides to be a goofball and runs smooth around, then I'm gonna, we're going to straighten that out, you know. <laughs> but, you know, if he, if he don't just perfectly cut the corner of the pond, you know, hey, we're hunting. Get back, buddy. You're doing great. You know, I'm, I'm happy with it. Have, like, what about, uh, say, you know, there's three or four birds on the water and, uh, you know, you line them up and send them on one and he drifts off and grabs the one to the left of it. I've seen people stop and, you know, try to correct their dog while he's in the water. I'm like, dude, he's getting a duck. Like, it's not right. the exact one you wanted, but he's getting right. a bird. It's, it's far, I mean, if it's dead birds and we're hunting pick them up you know what i mean like now if there's one that i'm like if it's a cripple oh, yeah, i mean to get that i'm first. gonna hard try to line you up on that bird and i want you to get that one but man honestly when we're picking up just dead ducks that fail chances are he's if he hasn't marked most of them he's you know he's marked the last two or three in a, in a good volley that have failed you know now the first couple he may have not remembered real good you know because you got five six guys coming out shooting guns you know you get a good rain out of birds he may not see all of them fall but the last couple he knows for sure you know and chances are you didn't see all of them fall either because you're over there shooting too right you know but i'm just gonna man i'm just most of the time he comes back with one or two i'm just gonna my buddies you know they say hey there's another one over here there's one right over by that bush or something i'm just gonna line him up and ask him where's your mark and he's going to look straight ahead because we've got that goes back to his training of just you know locking in, looking straight out. And I'm on to send him on his name, let him go pick it up. And, and if he's running out and he looks over, oh hey, there's one man, get it, let's go. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get on him for that in, in hunting personally. Yeah, I've uh, I've also seen guys. You just mentioned it. Um, you know, the actual sending the dog. And I've always thought it was super smart was sending them, you know, and on their name because that's yes. the only way they're going to go. And I've seen yeah. a lot of guys use different commands and this and that. But I always thought, you know, the name, 
you know, whatever your dog's name is, Drake, Bo, whatever, you know, that right. being the call. Right. Yeah, that's that's a training thing, really. It's We always send them on a mark, a bird they saw fall, with their name, you know, so it's scout. And then on a blind, it's back. We say back to send them. And early on with those younger dogs, as you're teaching, they, they don't quite know which is which. I mean, you teach them, but early on, they don't know which is which as far as scout or back, you know. But those older dogs, you know, like I can get scout at my side at a hill, and when I tell him good right there, and I say back, he knows that cue of, okay, this is one I didn't see. I'm going to be expecting you to handle me. You know what I mean? Right. He knows, okay, this is me and you together. This is, we're playing together on this one. As opposed to if I if I line him up and tell him good and I send him with scout, he knows this one's on you, buddy. You're, you saw that fall. You got to go pick it up. That makes sense, man. So and it, and you get a bunch of dog. You know, sometimes if we get to hunt with one or two dogs at a time, you know, you don't want to be sending them with fetch, and both of them are used to hearing fetch, and then you get both of them rolling out after a single bird to fail. So you know, you, the, the names is what you know helps in that too. Yeah, definitely, man. Because that you know, it's just that whole steady factor, and you don't want anything. Somebody say something stupid that sounds like right. you know. If they're like, right. get them, catch them up. Well, with, and then you, you get one in mind, like, bless his heart. He's 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 a little bit known to be a little wild <laughs> and a little high drive. And it, it don't take much of an S word, and, and he's ready to roll. <laughs> <laughs> you hit him like Ace Ventura, you know, Chicago. You're yeah, out. yeah. You, you can sometimes even sit. And he'll he'll kind of lunge because he's he's waiting to hear that s that the c after the s. I mean, he almost tries to he tries to time you. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're um, you're working a new dog, you know, say it's their first year, they haven't gone on a hunt yet. Do you break out a call or anything like that while you're doing? Anything? Yes, yes, we do. I mean, with young puppies especially, we, you know, it's 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 always, you know, if you when you get that dog as a puppy. What is your purpose of the dog? You know what I mean? I mean, are you getting him and you just want a pure pickup ducks? That's great. You know, if you want to do like me, you know, you want to hunt, but you want to run hunt tests too. Well, at a hunt test, at an HRC hunt test, you're going to blow a duck call to start the test every time. You know, so you you if you're going to hunt over this dog, it's noises they're going to hear. You know, you try to introduce them to as much of what they're going to live their life doing as you can so yeah i mean heck with scout i mean you're a call maker you know you blow calls driving down the run down the road i mean you get you get the strange looks of people driving down the interstate <laughs> looking over in your driver's side you're over there cutting down on a duck call and they're wondering what in the world is that guy doing you know i i get the same things my dog will be in the back seat and i'm blowing a duck call and it's just letting him get used to hearing the sound and it's just no big deal you know, we we introduced duck calls to them early. Yeah, see that that makes sense just to get that distraction because if all they've ever done yeah. is sit out, you know, on a on a training pad and retrieve dummies all day long and never had that, you know, the the starter gun and all that different type of stuff, like right. <laughs> guys, I just I I think so many guys just expect so much and they don't know how to train them. Right. 
and they're just not patient. Yeah, and and that's a big thing, patience, man, alive, because it's a, it's it's not an overnight thing. You know what I mean? I mean it's, and it's not a, <laughs> even as basic stuff. You 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 work with a whatever the concept is you may be working with, and suddenly one day it's like you see the light bulb kick on in their little head, and it's like, hey, they finally get it, and then the next morning you come out thinking it's, it's still there, and it's like a goose that woke up in a new world they're just like huh (laughs) you want me to do what is they just it's like you know so we here we go back we 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 show it we teach it again you know so it's you got to be patient man i mean it it, it takes a while you know a a finished retriever takes years to get you know and mine is still even though he's quote hrch titled he's a quote finished level dog he's not finished i don't i mean i know guys that have got dogs that are grand title dogs and those dogs still learn stuff you know they're they're never finished you know what i mean i mean they they always are pushing and learning things you know what i mean oh yeah yeah absolutely man you have to keep working on them and keep you know they're just gonna experience more see more and uh, get you know more more retrieves under their belt and more different crazy experiences under their belt because sometimes crazy stuff happens on hunts and retrieves and you know you'll just watch a dog go back and it's funny you're talking about that patience thing i had a a a buddy that i hunted with a lot in one season and i swear to god his dog's name was back (laughs) hey you i said get the hell over here i'm like just like it just gives you a headache Oh man, I have I have experienced some of those battles in the past. <laughs> oh, dude, it's just it. You know, some dogs. Uh, do you think that there's obviously? I think there's capabilities of dogs, and like, what would you do if you were? I guess let's talk about it. Like picking out a puppy. Say you're you're a new guy that he just wants a regular old hunting dog. You know, he's not gonna try to get him titled or anything like that. What are you looking for as a puppy? Do you want you know, a dog that's going to go on 10 hunts a year? Or I, I right. just think there's so many different specifics people have to look at. What would you recommend? Man, hunt test or hunting, either one. For me, I, my first thing is health clearances. You know, I mean, the, Labrad- the Labrador breed can have a lot of health issues. You know what I mean? Like hip dysplasia, you know, and elbows and all that stuff so I you know and the reason I look for health clearances on puppies is not so much for that puppy but that tells me about that breeder you know if they made the effort to get the mom and the dad's health clearances done chances are they're responsible with what they're doing with that dog you know what I mean because because they had to invest some money to get that done you know what I mean oh yeah so they're that means they they put some thought they put some effort into they didn't just and and not to sound rude or anything but it wasn't just a couple guys it's like hey man your dog hunts good mine hunts good let's put them in the backyard together and have some puppies yeah exactly you know i mean and and sometimes that works out and i, and I know guys that have gotten dogs out of that type of situation but for me when i see the health clearance is done that breeder of those two that male and that female they had some investment you know what i mean and then 
after that, I look at bloodlines of, you know, what do they have in them? You know, does the dad have a title or the mom or the grandma and grandpa on the dad's side or mom's side, you know? Because the titles, even if you don't ever want to play the hunt test game, the titles show there are abilities in the bloodline. You know, whether it's a HRCH or a grand hunt, a GR or a master hunter or even a HR, which is a seasoned level title at UKC, that shows ability in the bloodline some. You know, there's there's some trainability there. You know, and UKC titles, which is HRCH, HR, that sort of thing, 95% of the time, or even probably even more, those same dogs don't just run tests, they hunt. Those dogs are in the blinds, in the pits, in the woods, hunting with their owners. You know, so if they're being, if they're breeding those dogs, they're passing down that ability to hunt. You know, so I'm, I, I look for that. It's more about just you know stacking the deck to yeah, you know, try, try to put to it as much in your chance. favor as you can. Yeah, you know what I'm, you know what I mean? Because I mean, yeah, you can go get the the free lab out of the newspaper, and you may roll a dice, and I mean, you may get one that turns into a straight up awesome man. In fact, I, I even know a guy personally that he's got a dog that is a very well accomplished dog, and he'll tell you that his it was a uh, what he say it was a Craigslist puppy. That's what he calls him, the Craigslist puppy. <laughs> and man, that dog now that I'm taking nothing from him. Well, he's he's a freaking awesome dog. I mean, he's, he's finished title. He's HRCH. I think he's even got a few couple master passes. I mean. He's a good dog, you know, but the more you stack that deck in your favor, the better off you are. Oh, man, it was crazy. My uh, my old dog that I had, I got her, and she was out of uh, Fenderwood. She was a British lab, you know, the right. kennel over there, and, you know, did all the research, and just out of a stud dog, like Ireland, Ireland's only three-time grand champion, like there just a super high paper dog and you could just tell within a year of just uh-huh. how much potential this freaking dog had but uh-huh. she was as steady as could be as easy to teach as could be but no matter how long she had been working training she was just so freaking hot just sit there and just shake with excitement until uh-huh. you know until it was that time and when I got divorced, I had to, uh, you know, rehome her because I just didn't have time or a place to right. keep her for a while. But oh my good lord, just the difference in just the breeding. You know, I never sent her away to get trained by anybody or anything right. like that. I was just like, dude, this dog. Like if I I had her until she was two, and I was like, man, if you know, uh, if I wasn't going through what I was going through, I'd be doing myself a disservice to not send her away to you know try to get the passes and all that different stuff done on her because it was like the dog is so ridiculous right yeah and i mean it's and you know the guys that are the pros and they're more experienced in it and they all those breedings you know that that you're talking about like you said that one was such a high breeding the guys that know all the research and they know that sire or that dame and that sort of thing and they know look you put these two together you're fixing to get a bunch of 
fire-breathing dragon puppies. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Or, or you're going to put this one and this one together, and you're going to get the cool, level-headed one, you know? And the more I've gotten into this world and game, I've I've learned how to kind of look at that. And, you, and there's, again, there's no guarantee, but you can kind of look at that sort of thing and go, okay, I know what I want in this next puppy, like... I'm kind of been lately driving my wife nuts. I want another one right now. Like, I want another puppy right now. And I love my one I've got, but he's he's a little bit of the anxious, got a little of the anxiety, high drive, you know, and I, and I love it. Hunting with him is super fun. But he's a nerve-wracker at a hunt test. <laughs> he'll, he'll wear on your nerves because he's so literally on G sitting on O that it's it's nerve-wracking at times at a test because i mean he's he's sitting he's he's literally dancing on needles you know that i've already told guys look i know what i want in my next one i won't drive but i want the cool customer yeah you, you know, know what i mean so yeah I want, I want a little mellow you know I mean? look when i when i kick you off if you want to catch the grass on fire running out there to it get after it but let's cool out a little bit right here you know because <laughs> mine's sitting over here fuming and boiling gas at the line ready to go you know the whole time yeah it makes it tough man you almost have to it's you have to walk them back because they're just going <laughs> rearing right. to go that's what right. man, you know you always hear that that age-old adage you know train when they're younger for five ten minutes at a time and you know then let right. them have fun and dude, I could sit there and work and work and work this dog, and never once did any sign of slowing down, giving up, frustration, <laughs> anything ever show up. And I'm like, okay, you have to quit now. <laughs> and she just look at me. I'm like, no, we're you know we're done. Like go have fun. No, really, we're done. <laughs> yeah, go have fun. <laughs> so it was uh, it was interesting. I don't know if I'm gonna get another dog to uh, to hunt with. That one it tore me up pretty good on that one. So. Uh, right. I understand. They it's they stay with you, brother. What's your uh, do. your lab of choice? British, English, American? Man, not I'm not matter. picky either way. Honestly, I really not. I've I've honestly only owned standard American retrievers. You know, I know some guys that are the pure British guys. You know, they kind of are the purest on that, and that's fine. You know, I'm just. As far as that goes, I, each one has its own demeanors, you know, own deals about it, you know, and it doesn't really matter to me either way, you know. I mean, if you're happy with him, man, that's fine, you know what I mean? As far as where they come from, America, England, British, you know, it doesn't make a bit of difference to me. No, oh, yeah, it's not a, uh, it's just personal preference thing. I was just right. curious. As far as I am a, I am a little bit heavy. I'm, I'm a black lab purist, <laughs> just because my first couple ones were black, and there's no, I have no ill feelings towards the other two colors, yellows or chocolates. No feelings, you know. I love them both, but I'm just me. I've always black ones, you know. <laughs> right. You know, but, but that's funny because the next one I get, my oldest daughter, she's 11. She's already told me that the next one has to be a yellow female. There you go. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> if, if it has to be, you know, that's it's whatever. She she's she's fell in love with yellow female dog, yellow labs. I've got a 
I know a guy that's got a couple yellows, and and she just thinks they're the prettiest dog that walks. So see, our next our next one will be a yellow female. <laughs> see, my favorite is it, it's technically a yellow, but it's the fox red color. That's, yes, I have a big fox red tattooed on my arm. <laughs> that's right, my they're favorite. they're pretty. Finding one that's that's that true fox red is tough. Dude, I've got a good friend here in Russellville that has one that is. He is re- really red, and he's one of the prettiest dogs I've ever seen. Yeah, they are. You know, I mean, ridiculous. he's beautiful. Well, that was you know, like, and people don't know what they are. We were out, uh, yeah, out walking ours one day, and uh, people are like, "Oh, what type of dog is that?" And I was like, "Oh, she's a lab." And we're like, "No, that's not a lab." And I was like, "Yeah, okay." You know, and then it's we took one it to of the, the color phases of yellow. That's that's, yeah. that's actually a, it's actually a true color phase of yellow it was a classic but it is yeah it's a classic color that people uh Mm -hmm. they tried to get rid of it for quite a Mm -hmm. while because it was a undesirable color back in the day and now it's kind of come back and uh, the first time i ever took her to the vet that's like yeah that's not a lab and i was like well her paperwork at home sure says she's a lab (laughs) you know like uh uh, I, I freaking hope so because I paid a hell of a lot of money for <laughs> from England. You know? Yeah, yellow, yellow is the only color that can truly have a color face to it in the lab breed. And they can be <laughs> everywhere from white to yellow and then, then all the way over into that fox red. Yeah, they're they're crazy, man. So I take it you're not on the uh, the silver Weimaraner lab. No, I'm not too. I'm not a big fan riding that bus personally. I'm 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 a uh, I, I kind of I don't want to hurt feelings of guys that own them, but, but I'm not in support of the crossbreeding of the two dogs to make the silver. It's 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 to me it's just not it's not right to me. Yeah, there's no such thing as a silver lab. <laughs> like, it no, doesn't exist. Exactly, exactly, and, and no, it's not a color phase of chocolate either. Nope. That's uh, you know, it's it's, 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 a, it's actually a dilute gene that they that they cause by that. And that's, in fact, that's in the breeding thing, like we was talking earlier, that's something else I look for in the health clearances and stuff, you know, of does it carry the dilute gene? You know, I mean, if, if it's a black dog that's got that dilute gene in it because somewhere back in its breeding, it, there was a silver throat into the pile, you know, I, I try to steer it because I don't want to continue the dilute gene personally. Yeah. Is you that know. because Weimaraners have more health problems then, or is it just about keeping labs, you know? I think it's, for me, I mean, I don't know why everyone else may be against it, but for me, it's just, it's, I want to keep labs as, lab, as labs, you know what I mean? Yeah, I it's, agree. I mean, it's just, we've got, it's like we've got Chesapeake's, and we've got labs, and we got gold retrievers, you know, and they're all three different breeds. There's there's no need into me and bringing a Wamriner into them to make just because the color is pretty to a few people. Well, and that's the crazy thing is Chessies can have some crazy colors to them, they you know, can. naturally. Yes, naturally, naturally, and I and I've got some good friends that are Chessie purists, and and they've got some gorgeous dogs, but Chessies can have some different colors to them, and they're still a Chesapeake. Yeah, so if you want that, you know, it's not going to be that pure silver, but don't don't Chessies have, like, more of a, a silver face to one of their colors? Sometimes they have kind of that champagne-y kind of yeah. color, you know, that, that little bit lighter brownish blonde. They kind of get that different color to them, and then some of them are dark reddish brown, you know, I mean, they're and real woolly, you know, and 
man, they're cool dogs too. Just I, me personally, a Chessy Chessy takes a guy that's very very dedicated to his dog because they can they can they can kind of be dominant in themselves. Just their personality. Is their personality a little more? Uh, I don't. What's what's different about their personality? Because you know, I know Goldens are the biggest, most laid back. Like I love Goldens. I couldn't have Goldens a Golden because the hair, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The gold, gold. To me, Goldens are kind of like the fun lovers. You know, they're just they're just cool. I mean, Goldens are cool. You can't you can't hate on a Golden Retriever. No, I mean, I they just love Goldens, man. They're fun. I mean, they they have that's, that's like you know they they they're all time wanting to do something fun. You know what I mean? And labs are like the all to me are like the all purpose. Everybody loves a lab because they just kind of do whatever you want to do. You know, they, it don't matter what you're wanting to do. The lab's all about doing it. And Chessies are Chessies are pretty. They some of them can kind of be that dominant kind of. They kind of take to one person, and that's their one person. You know what I mean? And they're just they're kind of stubborn at times. You know, and they're <laughs> they're 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 cool dogs to work with. And I mean, they'll work their tails off. I mean, I've got a real good friend. He's got a fine chessy male that is with my one, my buddy that's the pro he's actually got him in his kennel right now and i tell you what major is a stud of a little of a chessy male but he's he's a chessy man and he's got his moments that you just you gotta know how to work with him you know he's he can be stubborn if that chesapeake comes out in him <laughs> well brother this is something that we've been needing to do for a while, man. It's uh, I've yeah. been doing a lot of call makers competition calling, but you you know, you did a lot with the videos a couple of years ago and you kinda kept right. the live streaming videos going while from what, eighteen and nineteen I think you did some. I think, I think we, so, yeah. We need to do like a, a weekly, bi weekly, just sit down and talk about dogs and different things and hopefully people yeah. that are listening have questions and you know, can you know you can give your experience and uh, outlook right. on different subjects, and I don't know. What do you think about that? I'm I'm for it. You know, like you and I kind of talked before we did it. I mean, by no means do I try to admit that I'm a pro or a, or an official voice or anything like that. I mean, for crying out loud, I mean, right now due to my work schedule and just trying to get things accomplished, scouts with a really good pro right now and i have no problem with that you know i'm I'm, in fact i'm happy he's on the truck with him but uh, man it's it's i've as i've told people i've told my wife had i known about this dog world when i was 18 and 19 years old i would probably try to figure out how i could do this for a living because i mean i love it i could do it every day it's just at, at, at 22 that'd probably been a pretty easy swing to start a new career at 42 nah I'm a little invested now and things going on. I don't know that I, I don't know that this is the opportune moment to do that. So uh, yeah, right now having a job is a good thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, maybe fifty-two exactly. will be different, brother. But it's it's fun. I enjoy it. It's it's definitely something to keep you going through the through the off season. Well, and that's what we're all looking for, man. That's that beyond the blind mindset. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, I'm a, I, I'm an average duck caller and and such, and I love to do it. But the dogs is where I it's it's how I get my invites to go on cool duck hunts because I've got a dog, 
So I, I, I keep playing that card. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Well, I'll let you go for a night, and I'll hit you up sometime, you know, early next week or this weekend or something. We'll try to figure out another day to do another one, all right? That sounds good to me. All right, brother. I appreciate it, and I hope you have a good night. You too, man. Appreciate right. it. Take care. Thanks. All right, guys. James Statton. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, just something a little different. He uh, he spent a lot of time doing little live videos and stuff for us over the last couple of years. And Mr. Mig hit me up and was like, "Man, we need to do some dog stuff. You need to get James on there. We need to talk about some dogs." And I was like, "You know, that's a good idea." Um, tomorrow, duck call giveaway. Be on the lookout for it. Get on there tonight tomorrow morning i'll probably do it tomorrow evening um so you still have time jump on there look for that cream that green buckeye burl call it's on the btbn facebook page i'll jump on here right now and pin it to the top enter that sucker you have about 24 hours and uh, we'll give it away make sure you share like do all the social media stuff and uh i got a couple of other ones for you guys here in the next couple days. So, uh, yeah, be on the lookout. Have a good night.